Ladies and gentlemen, listener, welcome to the Free to a Good Home podcast. Recorded live for you at SeaWorld Nara Resort. <laughs> Uh, my name is Michael Hing, and joining me, as always, is a man who uh, had to leave, who has delayed our recording by several minutes so he could go get a, a bottle of water. And I thought it was for radio professionalism. I'm beginning to suspect <laughs> it was so he could interrupt the uh, introduction by gargling. It's Ben Jenkins. Hello. I realised that I've made a lot of noises during your introduction, and I thought I'd made all the noises I could with my mouth in the close to 50 episodes we've done. Mm. And then I was struck by divine inspiration. I realised I hadn't gargled anything <laughs> over the top. Of your stupid voice. Hello, podcast listener. Listener. They've gone now. That's it. They've <laughs> switched it off. This is the end. I was uh, in, in, inspired by us approaching 50 episodes because, Ben, you are putting together a sampler. Yeah, yeah. For the podcast uh, so people can kind of like get online and like, you know, uh, share it with their friends, like a little 10 minute kind of thing. Yeah, because there's always a risk that if you recommend this podcast to your friends and you go, they go, okay, I'll check it out. Then the next episode might just be me gargling. Yeah, that is that is a significant <laughs> a significant worry. Well, I was inspired by that and went and listened to some of our early episodes, Ben. Yeah, and they are bad. Really? Yeah. There's the, the first episode is uh, you, myself, and friend of the show and radio professional Tom Ballard. Yeah, and we should have really worked up to Tom. Yeah, but for <laughs> like... about two thirds of the episode, you are inaudible. <laughs> really? You're just, you're just talking off mic. You can't hear anything. See, this is proof that I am a, a, a valued asset. To the exactly, you're paper. improving. You are improving. Um, we should bring in our guest, I think. Uh, I'm very, very excited about our guest. He's a, uh, a, a very long friend of ours, an old, an old friend of an ours. An old and long friend of ours because yes. he's quite tall, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've been, wanting, we've been wanting to get him on uh, the show for several years now. He's been too bloody busy, too tour- bloody busy. touring the bloody world. Traveling the world, being in his own bloody BBC sitcoms. Uh, Getting nominated for Barry's. Yep, and, and also Edinburgh Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the very funny Mr. Sinoscopolis. Hey, guys. How you going? Very well. How are you, Steen? Um, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, you have actually been on this podcast before, but our listeners would not know that because you were on a live In one episode. of our secret episodes yeah. that we are we are only going to release after your death. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you clarified that because I've been waiting for like years <laughs> to be invited back after doing that. I thought I just did a shit job. So. No, you were, at a, you were on a live episode that never went to air, I think because... Someone, maybe me, might have said some libelous things about some people, maybe. I think, I yeah. can't remember exactly from, what happened. From memory also, I was pretty wasted. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that also. Um, so, Steen, how are you? Yeah. What's been going on? Yeah, good. Uh, just, just busy. So, just finished the Sydney Comedy Festival in Melbourne stuff. And yeah. As you said, filmed a, a cool show for the BBC. And when does that year. come out? Uh, I think like August, September, they're thinking. So it'd be August, September over there, which means I can probably get it on Torrent over here. August, September as well. I, I think expect. so. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'm yeah. going to buy the DVD. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. For You're your good, good friend. He You're doesn't welcome. need your money, all right? He's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a podcast where we go through the week's classifieds. Uh, but I have an announcement to make, guys. Yeah. Stan, I'm glad it's you no longer this. that. <laughs> yeah, we're changing the podcast. No. Well, this could change the face of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I would like... Uh, you can't I'm... use my face for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now there's Stan Roscopolis Hour with, mm-hmm. with Hing and Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an email this week, Ben, mm. which I think could be a life-defining moment Uh-oh. in the career of Michael Hing. Okay. I got an email from someone whose name I... Uh, I won't say on the podcast. But they're a person, a person who exists. Oh, okay. They're not a famous person or anything. They just work in an industry and I don't want to out them. So it's like what, the steel industry? Like what? <laughs> it was, uh, for some reason, the name that popped into my head then was Fred Astaire. I okay, no, definitely <laughs> not known for, for, for being in the steel industry. Anyway, <laughs> this person has emailed me and they said, we saw your, your bloody TEDx talk. At the Sydney Opera House. Ah, yes. The, uh, the, which, which we talked about re- previously was uh, me doing my little jokes in amongst some very illustrious yeah. speakers. Can I just say, uh, just to quickly bring you up speed on what Hing's TEDx was. I don't know much about it, but I had a friend yeah. who was there doing another thing. And I, I asked him if, if he'd ca- caught any of Hing's. He's like, and he said, uh, the only bit that he caught was Hing saying, I'd like to welcome you all into the Hing Zone, which incidentally is what my many attractive girlfriends call their vagina when we're making love. And then just... The silence of like a thousand people, like you know how not all silences are actually equal. Like there are some ah, silences that yeah, actually yeah. are hostile. Wasn't this TEDx thing like a youth thing as well? I uh, know that was a separate. I was doing the TEDx youth program, but then this is in the main. This is in the adults only section. Say, there's a lot of kids out there going. <laughs> Can we say that? <laughs> All right. So you got this email. Hang on, hang on. I feel like that line's been taken out of context because, 
Because what your friend may not have known is that I was doing like a character as a motivational speaker who was saying horrible things. So, did the know. audience know that? Yeah, well, well they didn't because the character was called Hing, obviously. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, but it was which it was, is your name. Well, what the reason the gasps were odd is that I had said some even more horrific things that were morally reprehensible. But then, as I was saying the vagina thing, I put up a medical diagram of a vagina on the, and everyone was like, "No, oh, oh, we're so offended!" And wow. I, and then I was commenting. They were scandalized by a medical diagram of a vagina. Of a vagina, yeah. as opposed to like the actual morally reprehensible thing. That I've is said. the most Ted thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was it, it, it was an odd moment, but it went quite well because I got this email. Yep. saying, "Hey, we saw your bloody TEDx talk. Bloody loved it." Yep. And then they were like, "Would you like to be nominated for Clio Bachelor of the Year?" Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fred Astaire said that. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like um, this is a career-defining moment for Michael Hing. Obviously, so, I'm not a novelty pick. Obviously, I'm a real pick. Hold on, hold on. Who like are these people just punters and they want to nominate you as punters, or are these no, people it's in the, the it's, it's the people who the run Clio it. people were there to watch? It's it. the Illuminati who are running the Clio Bachelor of the Year. Oh my! Because with those things, don't they have to give you like a questionnaire. Like, won't most of these be like, okay, yeah, yeah, now tell, tell me that thing about the vagina friend zone again. <laughs> <laughs> tell, 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 tell us more about that. Yeah. So I, mean, I have. I, I. I mean, look. I. I think we all have, in this 2015 year, we have kind of a morally dubious. Uh, attitude towards women's magazines, like in in that in that we think they're all a bit shifty, aren't they? Aren't they kind of aren't they aren't they kind of known as being like anti-feminist? Well, I just don't think women should read. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. But 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 can I? Do you think Ben? I can engage with this and take him down from the inside. Why haven't you already? Yes, Hing. Yes. <laughs> um, you, I'm just you. looking at um, who won last year's Clear Bachelor of the Year. All right. Um, was he a uh, a video game a 30 year old video games journalist? Well, his name was um, Thien Nguyen. I think the Vietnamese name, perhaps. Yeah, and he's a 28-year-old professional trainer who's who's not unattractive. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is my competition is um, is fit people mostly. It's predominantly fit, attractive people. Yeah, yeah. touch on your shoulder, you're fucked. Ah, it's only five thousand dollar prize money. That doesn't seem like a lot. What do you mean? That's low. Well, sorry, Mister Moneybag. No, I'm just saying, like five thousand or twenty five. Five thousand. Oh, that's like of all the like that is of all the men in all of Australia, you are the best one. Here, have something that you can't buy a barina with. <laughs> like, <laughs> Look, if anyone from Clear is listening, I am thrilled and honoured and a little bit surprised uh, to be shortlisted. And uh, frankly, I don't share Ben's skepticism. <laughs> I am, I'm willing to lean into this as much as possible. And if Barina, you're out there and you want to sponsor the event, <laughs> yeah. then uh, get on it. Yeah. Okay, so but just quickly, he has said, they asked him, have you been in training in the lead up to the Clio Bachelor Party? And he said, I have to keep those washerboard abs. No fat, no sugar, no carbs, and no life until the party. And then he says, "What's?" they ask him what sets him apart from the other 30, Aww. top 30. So you've got to think about this if you get into the top 30. I don't take myself too seriously. You don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> I am genuine. You're genuine. I can be. You you wrote that pony song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have. You have no filters. What does that mean? It could mean anything. <laughs> I mean, I know you literally have a pop filter on the front of your microphone yeah. at the moment, so that rules you out. I mean, I don't have social boundaries. Is that the same as not having filters? Uh, I guess. And uh, the last thing is, you either love me or you hate me. Well, Ooh. I think there are people who are lukewarm on you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've heard many people go, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's all good. right. He's, good. he's pretty good. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, listeners, if you would like to uh, somehow get this campaign started, I feel like we should marshal the army of free to a good home listeners. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And we should get that. Uh, is, 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 can we rig the vote somehow? I don't know. Well, your, your brother tried to rig the Logies once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, were, they shut him down pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. I think he's banned for life. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, just quickly on Snack Report. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two sets of snacks. One is um, from Flavor Country, these um, Haribo Sour Spaghetti, uh, which looks a bit like look a bit like Bright Crawlers. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. There's not a lot of Haribo that I haven't tried, so I was quite interested to see. What is on the, on the back? Mm-hmm. There is a diagram of something. What is that a picture of? <laughs> it's like their terrifying um, mascot. It's like... 
the the mascot is just this kind of tangled mess of wires, and it has eyes and a fork in its head. Yeah, because because of all the times we eat lollies with forks. Yeah, well, it's spaghetti, <laughs> Steen. Uh, my, my apologies. <laughs> and call it spaghetti, not sour. Oh, I did spaghetti. My, <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. My apologies. Well played, Haribo. Well played. And I also got us some Kinder surprises um, because last time we did this, um, I didn't get a good one. And so I'd like to see what I got this time. Last time we did this, Dean, uh, we were doing it with Nazim. Uh, oh, he was on the show. And there was about three to four minutes of podcast that I hope Hing edited about, of, out of us just wordlessly assembling into surprises. Oh, my God. I got a Nick Fury bobblehead. <gasps> yeah, I also got a bobblehead from the uh, Marvel Avengers movie. I got Thor. So. You got Thor. I got... Uh... My guy has a number two in his head. Why does he have that? Who does? I think, I think they're just numbered. Like you collect the whole set. Oh, you oh got... I think it's a game. Like you can you can spin it and then. Uh... Oh, mine doesn't spin. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is fucking ruined. Oh yeah, yeah. You can. Yours spins. Yeah, mine spins. Mine's like that? Li- little spring loaded. Oh, hang. Do you want to just keep oh, spinning this with is our shit. toys? Oh, this is so this good. Is so oh, shit. it's the best. Hey Ben, you know how you can't play with these toys and can't. Yeah. That's how our listeners feel right now. So let's <laughs> never do this segment again. <laughs> uh, hey, Ben, I believe there is some unfinished business as well. Yes, there is. Uh, one of our lovely listeners, um, Natalie Sereff, has gotten in contact with us. You might remember Natalie last week. Um, Steen, uh, we were talking about Ibises mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I put the call out asking if there was anybody if a- anybody from a different country that had... Um, had Ibises in their country. Mm. And Natalie Sereff got in contact with us um, because she used to live in... Lesotho. No, wait. Oh, sorry. I'm going to get it pronounced properly. Lesotho. Okay. I don't know if that's coming up on the podcast. Yeah, there was some arguments about how to pronounce it last week. Anyway, she was saying that in Lesotho, there were so many Ibises that the government had to sign a treaty to get people to stop shooting the Ibises. Oh, I think you going to say that you're going to sign a treaty with the Ibises. Well, this is, this is the question that we had. We were like, who'd they sign the treaty with? And we were just being smart asses for about five minutes mm. um, and asking why they didn't want to be, you know, wouldn't let them shoot them. Natalie's got back in contact with us saying, not sure if my Ibis credibility is worth defending, but the Ibis Treaty is with the UN Environmental Program named the Agreement on the Conservation of African Eurasian Migratory Water Birds. <laughs> <laughs> and, not because, and not because the government seems to like ibises. It was just that people were covering areas with lead shot and causing lead poisoning. Whoa. Yeah. And then she's done um, an emoticon, which is like um, uh, two eyes, the colon, and then an S. So it's like the mouth being like. <laughs> 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 um, so thank you, Natalie. That's that's an that's. You know what I More love? fool us. You, yeah, you know, you know what I, I really love our, how our listeners, they listen to a podcast that is 100% bullshit. Like 100% <laughs> bullshit. But they will never, ever shy away from ruining that bullshit with facts. Mm. And that is, that is truly wonderful. That's, yeah, the, uh, the agreement on the conservation of African Eurasian migratory water birds. Yeah, Can you I imagine was... chairing that? <laughs> you chaired that, you're like, oh, I'm basically one step away from... Like, I'm the Boutros Boutros Gali of, of migratory <laughs> water birds. Do you know that I couldn't think of the current head of the UN, so I had to say Boutros Boutros Gali, who I think is like two or three ago? Oh, hang on. So the current one is Ban Ki-moon, Ban I Ki-moon. Think. Ban Ki-moon. And yeah. then before that, you had Kofi Annan. And yeah. Then Boutros, yeah, I think, yeah, no. you're right, yeah, yeah. You're listening to UN chat. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a related classified, so let's get into it, Let's shall get we? in. This is a show where we go through all the week's classifieds and find good stuff to talk about after... 49 episodes haven't come up with a better tag than that. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Ibises and Natalie's email to us, um, I went searching to see if anybody was flogging any Ibises on the old gum tree. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're not, but I found this. The Ibises Afternoon Tea from New Gold Coast Author. And what we're looking at here is um, a book that's been written. The, the, the illustration is not... Um, not professional looking and the, all the text is in comic sans okay and this is all in caps so that's a, a it's someone selling a children's book someone's selling a children, children's book from it from a from a new gold coast author okay. Okay. okay newly published this week sorry i'm trying to reflect the punctuation and caps newly published this week the ibis's afternoon tea is a fun story about what those ibis birds get up to at sunnyvale school when children leave their food scraps all over the schoolyard and what about all those yucky poos they leave all over the place? I am the author. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this book after observing these birds at a school. 
here on the Goldie. Il the illustrations were done by my daughter and myself with my daughter Haley having created the bulk of them. It was both but it was fun to both write and illustrate. Well, it sounds like Haley illustrated it, mate. Mm, she did a lot of the heavy lifting there. Oh. I am self-published, so the book isn't available in stores, but you can order the books from me here. Mm. It's from the Gold Coast. It's 20 bucks for the Ibis's afternoon tea. Wow. Well, I was, well, I was very willing to shit on those drawings until I heard they were done by a child. <laughs> now I am less willing to shit on the drawings. But in the same token, it could have been her drawing them and she authored a shit book. <laughs> and then drew shit pictures, and then whoever published was like, "Guys, uh, it's a bit shit at the moment." Yeah, um, I think we need to um, blame it on you, young daughter. You have a child you can throw under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I can get one. <laughs> I like the idea of her research that she observed these birds at yeah. a school. I mean, because ibises, I, I buy. They are not just at school. So why did you have to go to the school? Because the book is—it's called. Okay, I know you're not a writer, mate, but it's a little thing called <laughs> fucking research. Because this is a book set at a school. When John when John Grisham... Sorry, yeah, to, but Ben, these Ibises, I presume in the book they're going to school and having fun. No, no, no. Whereas in reality no, they're just no, burning about, which you could see at a bloody national park. No! Listen to the copy. These, what these birds get up to at Sunnyvale School when children leave their food scraps all over the schoolyard. I assume that they eat it. I assume that's the fucking caper. And then I, they shit. Well, this, this, this is not a particularly imaginative children's book then. I thought it was, this was a story of some sort of utopian future where ibises and children are schooled together. Okay, what you have just described is basically the definition of a dystopia. <laughs> I was thinking about dynotopia. <laughs> what I've described what I'm, what I'm is a dynotopia. <laughs> but for ibises... Ibitopia? <laughs> Oh, I just imagine a bunch of people riding a giant ibis. That's so distressing. <laughs> no, Go so, to a giant bin. So what, what, what that is, is she's gone, what happens is she's been there and picking up her daughter from school or whatever, mm -hmm. seen an ibis eat a bit of food, and then the fucking muse has struck and she's gone, That's a, that is a million dollar idea. But how do I end this? What if they do a yucky poo? Great, now I just need a middle. I don't know. <laughs> tick, tick. Um, hey, I mm -hmm. don't want to feel like, I don't want you to feel like I'm shoehorning this into... Oh God, we know you're going to be nominated for Clear Bachelor <laughs> of the Year. <laughs> but, um, do you think Dinotopia as a series has not lived up to its potential? What are you talking about? Because so Dinotopia, my understanding, mm. was a book that I read as a kid. Yep. And there's not been a TV show or a movie. Oh, contraire, yeah, Michael been. Hing. Re what? Yeah. yeah. What? Like yeah. a telly movie or a series? There's Definitely been a telly movie been. of Dinotopia. Oh yeah. my goodness. How have I missed this? Have you seen it? Is it any good? Mate, just stop focusing on your washboard abs. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this competition. Is that going to be like, is, is Clear Match of the Year like they have like um like specialty categories? Like like in Miss Universe? What do you mean? You know, you know, like they have like the talent round and. Like, oh, I thought you meant. Do they have like? Do they have like you know the over thirty, under thirty categories or something? And, like, <laughs> and like best person with glasses. I don't know. No, I, I have no idea. I have no idea how this works. I've never engaged with it before. I think it's very, very silly. Um, From memory, by the way, the Dinotopia movies came out when like kind of in that period where people's. Reach was extending their grasp in terms of CGI. Ah, uh, you yes. know what I mean, and yes. and so. Oh no! Wait, there was one in two thousand and two. That still reach exceeds grasp territory. That's Thirteen years ago. Yeah, right? starring um the deep voiced butler from um Downton Abbey. Mm. Starring Mr. Bates. Don't know. Star or Carson. Carson. Right. Starring David Thewlis, the um uh werewolf in Harry Potter, <laughs> and starring a bunch of dinosaurs <laughs> from from various Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right, we'll probably cut that. Um, I don't think we will. <laughs> I don't think we will. Shall we move on, Steen? Do you have one there? Sure, absolutely. Uh, this sounds like a really good one. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so this is good condition NES plus seven games plus six uh, Game, Boy, Game Boy Advanced games Ooh. plus Nintendo DS. Plus, it looks like there's two calculators, but it didn't add that in either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of this gaming stuff. Please give me a call on the phone number provided. And without saying anything else, do your best Chewbacca roar and then hang up. <laughs> if I liked your impression, I'll call you back. And remember, no talking except for the Chewbacca roar. <laughs> that is all written in caps. 
This is like the sword and the stone for nerds, you know? Yeah, because this is like, this is, this stuff wouldn't be cheap anymore. It would, I no. remember. And there's a Duck Hunter gun controller as well. Oh, wow. Because I remember I was running an arts festival at uni like years ago and mm. I wanted to get a Nintendo 64 because it's an arts festival. Yeah. Like that's sure. what I thought I'd do and would play Mario Kart all day. And yeah, it costs more than like, I remember thinking this costs more than Nintendo Wii. It's, 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 it's become antique. Right, wow. because yeah. it's so rare now, because they've all been... Because I guess if you've got a Nintendo 64 now, you're not going to sell it. You just want to hold on to it, you know? You want to mm. give it to your kids so that they can play it as well. So that no one's selling them, are they? I reckon mums are going to sell them soon. It's like what um, Jordan was on the podcast, Steen's brother Jordan was on the podcast, um, and he was saying that when he buys Warhammer stuff, what he does is he goes to Gumtree and looks for like slight misspellings and like kind of just like getting the names wrong of all the Warhammer stuff that he wants because mm. that'll be mums just selling their kids shit. Oh, and get it for cheaper kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and that's it. That's what you do. Like you'd look yeah. for someone selling like... Nintendos. Yeah. Or just like I'm selling a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, person, is, is this person selling them or giving them away? No, he's, he's selling them um, and he wants he wants a good, a good price for them. But it sounds like he's doing like a Bill Murray. You know how Bill Murray, he's, he doesn't have an agent or whatever. Mm. You've got to call his number, leave what the movie role is. And if he likes it, he'll call it back. Yeah. Yeah. You just got Iron Wiz Anderson and yeah. he goes, okay, well. But also, as you said. <laughs> like gypsy curse stands. <laughs> but as you said, as an NES, like the, like one of the first Nintendos to come out, that's probably even more valuable than a 64 oh, at the moment. Yeah. So you probably want it, if you wanted it badly. Like you'd probably sit on an hour on YouTube doing Chewbacca tutorials before you'd, you'd go and ring it up. Yeah. Can well, either of you guys do a Chewbacca? Because I think that's what the listener wants to hear right now is probably okay. famed character actors, Steen Raskopoulos and Ben okay. Jenkins doing can the Can I Chewbacca's. not follow Steen? Can I go first? Can I go last? Okay. Yeah. Okay, ready? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, why don't we don't tell the listeners who it is? And okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Okay, yeah. And You've Hing, got Hing, you just point at one of, one of us. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Get in the bloody Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Get in, the, get in the Falcon. We're going to go for a drive. We're going to go for a drive. I'm covered in hair. I'm covered in bloody hair. <laughs> get, in the, get in the... Shut the door. Can't remember the door open in space. Ah, you let all the stars in. <laughs> Top. That was me. That was me. <laughs> uh, well, a Chewbacca is like a um, it's it's more like a. Is it? Is oh, it, you're not getting that. Well, well in the same thing, it's closer to that than what you <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Steve. It's like a. It, it's like a. It it goes big quick. There's no. You can't do a subtle Chewbacca. What's you know? to stop you from just getting Peter Mayhew to do it? Oh, he never. He didn't do the voice, did he? <laughs> just in the suit. <laughs> didn't he? No, I don't think he did the well, voice. How did they, do you reckon it's the Wilhelm scream? That's what Chewbacca Yeah, just slowed down and reversed yeah. or something. Um, um, well, wait, wait. Why can't you just record Chewbacca and then play it down the line? Do you know what, no. mate? You don't need to record Chewbacca because somebody's already done that in about six movies. So you could just play that movie down the line. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be funny if someone did that, but then like was trying to hit pause and then couldn't do it. So the scene just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fuck, shit. Uh. It's an amazing Han Solo. <laughs> to please go something like this. Get in the bloody falcon! <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think this person knows that he's in such a position of strength to sell this? Oh, he's in pa his power. He's yeah, power that he play. is totally oh. like, you know what I mean? Like, there are going to be so many people who want this because he's not even giving it away. Like, like you said, like he wants a good price for it and he'll get one. He's just putting this extra hurdle in there mm. just because he can. It's just making the people dance for him like monkeys. That kind like, of thing. well, like yeah. Wookies, yeah, yeah, like Wookies. Yeah. Are, are Wookies famous dancers? Is that a thing? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if in that um on the in that Life Day movie, that terrible, um, that famously bad Christmas movie they made. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of Wookiee dancing in that. I, I could think be you're wrong. getting Ewoks and Wookiees confused, aren't you? I think I've just done a hate crime. Hing, <laughs> 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 do you have one? I do indeed. This one is taken Can from. Can you imagine Creek. if one time I asked that and you're like, nah, nah, oh, <laughs> no, Ben, <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> This one is taken from Craigslist from Sydney in the personals under Strictly Platonic. Uh -huh. And as we all know, Strictly Platonic is never platonic at all. Posted 17 hours ago. It's entitled Free Taxi Service. Okay. Oh. Females only. Okay. Oh, shit. Man looking for a woman. Mm -hmm. 50 in Sydney. Oh, fuck. Free taxi service for up to three women on Saturday night. I will take you anywhere in Sydney you want to go. And pick you up. Hang on. 
Well, yeah. You're going to have to. You're going to have to do that. It's going to be taxi service where you've got to drive yourself and I'll no, just be this, there. This is only for people who were born in my car <laughs> <laughs> and have refused to leave. I will take you anywhere in Sydney you want to go and pick you up. Multiple stops are okay. No charge. Catch. Okay. At least he does admit that it's a catch. <laughs> the driver will be nude. <laughs> and he's 50? 50, yeah. He's going to get his 50-year-old body out. He's going to drive you around. And oh. uh, yeah, there's a catch. There's a catch there. Listen, if it's New Year's Eve yeah. and, and Uber's booked out, he can't get a cab anywhere. Yeah, and it's not like he can surge price that. He can't no. be any more nude. Can yeah. you know, four times free is still free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are, there are two ways surge pricing could work, right? Mm-hmm. It could be either they, when, when the Ubers are busy, they shift the price right up so it's going to cost $400 for a ride or whatever, right? The yeah. other way they do it is just when surge pricing happens, they just begin to lower the bar and let anyone drive an Uber. Do you know uh-huh, what I mean? Because right. you know how to drive an Uber, you've got to have like no, you've got to have like no demerits on your license. You've yeah. got to have like a full license. You've got to have a yeah. nice car. But when surge pricing, they should just open the floodgates and let any weirdo from the internet just be like, I'll be an Uber driver tonight. Yeah. Get, in the, get in the bloody marina. <laughs> <laughs> so you are saying, by the way, you're not saying this happens. You're saying this, this is what should happen. This is what should happen. Okay, yeah, good. Because yeah. I was confused for a moment there. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that like this guy should really be petitioning Uber. And he'd be like, hey, there's a catch. Yeah. yeah. But also, can we just say that uh, like cars usually have five seats. This yeah. is up to three. What is yeah. he doing with the other What's, space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's in that other space? Do you reckon it's where he keeps all his clothes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, girls can only get three into one. That's a really good point. Maybe he doesn't want anybody in the middle. Oh. What? Or he doesn't want anybody in the front. Oh. So, wait. What? But, no, he's... He'd want them in the front. Maybe he won't be naked at all. What? There's a screen up. But he's got a really specific fetish of people thinking he's naked. When he's not naked at all. And so he's just going to be like, having a good night, ladies? Gosh, it's bloody naked up here. I'll tell you that much. It's breezy up here without any bloody clothes on. Let me tell you. My balls and peen are exposed. (laughs) Let me tell you. They're right out here. You were driving past, you could bloody look right in and see it all. Or maybe like he just needs to run some errands, like drop his kid off. What? Like, drop his, like, oh no, that seat's for my kid. I've got to pick him up from soccer. Like, <laughs> I mean, this uh, seems like, I mean, I, okay, to, to be 100% clear, don't do this. <laughs> well, okay, you say don't do it, but uh, how much is, if you're getting a cab um, ride. Yeah, okay, here's what I'm saying. If, we t- if you were to take this man at his word, this is actually not a terrible idea. Mm. But you should not take this man at his word. Oh, so you think he's going to push the boundaries? Oh, yeah! <laughs> I think he'll push the boundaries in the fact that he won't, like, it, it, you, you'll think he's just going to be naked, but what he will be is a murderer and murder you uh, yeah. in the face. Okay, okay, Ben. Imagine this was open to men and women. Uh-huh. Imagine you could sign up for this. And you think uh, cab rides, you get free cab rides for a whole Saturday night. That could be up to, what, $100 or something? It all depends where you go. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. But <laughs> That's, Take me to Lithgow. Yeah, well, no, he's only taking you in Sydney. Anywhere in Sydney. It's, Lithgow's great to Sydney. Is it? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you should say it's $100, $150 maybe. You can go, you can go wherever you want. You come to visit your folks in the northern beaches. Yeah. It's an hour that's, away. That's an interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that man waiting outside in the car with his penis out? That's my chauffeur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things, are, things are going very well. And according to his gum tree, he will wait until I'm finished dinner with you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think, is it illegal to drive around naked? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've seen people, have you ever, have you, I've only ever seen this once. But this was about probably about ten years ago now. Yeah, we were driving uh, around the Shire where we were, we were growing mm. up, you know, young university students, and we were driving up and down Cronulla Beach, and we began following some people, and it was quite clear that the lady in the front was giving the man a blowjob, uh, and then we went around the side of their car and we looked and we saw, and it was they were stationary. No, 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 they were driving. This is why they were driving. But how could you tell? Because, like, I'm just saying, like... the Oh, well, yeah, she could have been... I don't know. She, yeah, that's true, Ben. She could have been, like, putting her head no, into I just her mean... crotch for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of what they are. Looking for truffles. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, like... Because I, I used to drive shirtless a fair bit when I lived on the beaches and it was really hot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that kind of flies right. up there in God's country. <laughs> but but, if, but what, just say, like, a van pulls up alongside you and someone looks down from the van into your little car. Yeah. And... But that's the thing. They could see you weren't wearing pants and that, that wouldn't fly at all. And that's my point, yeah. which is like, you can really only tell that somebody's shirtless, not pantless, unless you're in a van. Right. So how could you tell that that's what that, like you, you can, it's cut off from the waist. No, no. Because so, what, what, 
Do you have a story you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, one time? No. So what we could see is a lady's head leaning across. Okay. And then going down. Right. Uh, from the back. And it kind of stayed there for a while. It wasn't just like well, a... Well, it was coming up and down and stuff. And then we uh, drove up along... We were very mature. And we drove up along... I don't think you're all the... I don't think... Uh, yeah, I think you, you come out of the story pretty much fine. No, but like... <laughs> I, I, I think the mature thing to do is to be like, all right, they're having their moment. We'll just drive along. The not, mature thing... Oh, let's get up alongside it! <laughs> yeah, not as a kid. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we pulled up alongside it and then we saw her pop up uh-huh. and then sort of wiping her mouth. Oh, okay. Okay, then, mate. Okay, this, it was, it was graphic. this is a family program. <laughs> Somebody got in contact with us over Twitter and said, um, my 74-year-old father, or grandfather, I think, is a fan of The Checkout, which is the show that I work on, and I'm trying to convince him to listen to Freedom of Good Home. Why would you do that? Do you think he'd enjoy it? And I was like, old people have seen stuff. Oh, like, yeah. These concepts exist. Yeah. So what, you think this has broader appeal than it does? Ben, so if maybe. you are listening, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you guys want one? Yep, let's go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think we have had an ad similar to this before on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I just, I really, really like how this is worded. This is from Gumtree in the Greenwood area. It's free. I will take your unwanted birds. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a lonely bird slash birds? Can no longer care for your feathered friends? Found a bird and need to find a home for it. Simply feel sorry for your bird slash birds being stuck in a little cage. I am here to help. Mm. I love all animals, but birds have become my passion. (laughs) I have many aviaries and spend most of my days in my aviaries or walking my dogs, collecting fresh branches for my birds. (laughs) I love them all. I love and care for the one-legged canaries to the wonky-beaked budgies. I love the unlovable. Oh. <laughs> okay, mate. Well, you're oh. saying they're unlovable. Yeah. Oh. I have many spare cages if the birds don't get on, but honestly have not had to have a problem so far. I keep them all well fed and very entertained with new bird toys that I make. Oh, shit. <laughs> so if you're looking for someone to take on some birds... Keep me in mind. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he runs out of steam toward the end there. That's, that's no, he's, just, he's, he's sending around like a uh, for your consideration <laughs> yeah. kind of email. Yeah, no. I will give them the best lives. You're welcome to come visit your birds too. Aww. That's nice. Yeah. Back yourself though. Yeah. <laughs> you sound unbelievably qualified to take my birds. At the risk of angering our listeners, is there not a character... In the Home Alone movie franchise, <laughs> that is specifically this guy. Yeah, there's, there's a bird, Jane, right? The bird lady, yeah, yeah. Bird lady, yeah, who lives in Central Park, and then Macaulay Culkin scared, uh, scared of her, and then he, similar to the uh, first guy with the shovel, yeah, and the story, uh, he gets his leg caught in a rock, and she comes, frees him up, he runs off, and goes, oh, she just, she saved my life. She's actually not. So shouldn't be judging people yeah. by but the I, amount of birds they own. I shouldn't be judging people, but I should be, you know, assaulting strangers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not, I don't want to get high and mighty about bloody Kevin McAllister, but he's not—he's no role model of mine. I'll tell you that much. I loved how she was like, or he was a he or she. It doesn't say. Oh, okay, I loved how they were saying, you know, like I love all types of birds, but recently my passion is birds. It's like, <laughs> oh, all my dogs have died. Oh, <laughs> give me some birds now. <laughs> it sounds like. Does this not strike you as like the origin stories of a Spider-Man villain? <laughs> like, I have many aviaries and spend most of my days in my aviaries. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I quite like that you think it's going off in a different path when he or she says, sometimes I spend most of my days walking my dogs. But it's like branches from a bird. We're going to write back on. Keeping the message on point. Yeah. Stay on message. Yeah. This person's gone to like media school. I like it. Like, yeah. Play with the toys. The toys that I created and made myself. For the birds. <laughs> I don't know why I find like, you know what I'm imagining in my head are the bird toys? What? Um, like those, that terrifying wooden shit they keep finding in True Detective everywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of t- tangled mess of sticks and, and twine. As long as it's not other birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever owned a bird? I mean, we talk a lot about birds on the podcast, and I know you own chickens. Steve, did you ever own a bird? Uh, my sister had a bird once, and um, Dad tried to get it out of its like box when we first bought it to put it in the cage, and it literally pierced his skin from like the underside to over. So you saw its 
beak go like through his finger. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah. Birds are jerks. Yeah. Did, was your dad like kind of a bit standoffish with the bird after that, or? <laughs> Let's just say that the bird <laughs> flew away, <laughs> and we don't know how or why it got out of its cage. <laughs> oh. And to this day, we still don't know. That is hectic. My grandfather uh, raised a lot of birds, and he and my dad, when they were young, or when my dad was a kid, my dad uh, had homing pigeons, uh, and it was a big thing in like the. I don't know if it was a big thing. It was a thing. It was like a craze in like the, like 60s. the Charleston. Yeah, it was, yes. yeah. This is back in the sixties, right? So. The dad and Gung uh, Gung, like my grandfather, they used to drive up to north somewhere. I get, I want to say crow's nest, but that could just be because it has the word crow in it. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're getting confused. They would just drive up north somewhere and yeah. then they would let the pigeons out and the pigeons would fly home. But my dad claims that his pigeons never once successfully made it home. So basically what they would do is they'd have their pigeons at home, they'd drive up north somewhere and then free their pigeons and then two months later, they'd just do it again with some new pigeons. <laughs> So I just I just filmed a thing for for the ABC like Fresh Blood and one of the characters I played uh, was this old Scottish guy who were going for the world record of the fastest homing pigeon. Right. So we had to get like actual uh, homing pigeons oh, in on, on set kind of mm. thing. It's a particular way, a particular way you have to hold it and like release it. Like you have to really like throw it really hard. Oh, like into the air in the direction like towards the place it's going or something. Or? Oh, just throw it up in the air and it just knows where to go. Hang right? on, hang on. Why do you need like because these birds can take off by themselves, right? Or in terms of like for the shot, we needed it for oh, okay. me to like right, release right, right, it. Right. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. The, yeah. The illusion of it flying, um, and we only like one take. Oh. I'm, so, I'm I'm sorry to keep pulling you up here, <laughs> yeah. but why do you need to create the illusion of a bird flying? Birds well, in terms fly. of for me, like throwing it oh, okay. from its hand, yeah, rather than see, just like see, he's a talking bird about, he's, Look, he's talking about showmanship, all right? Ben? <laughs> okay, he's talking so, about being yeah. professional on yeah. camera, all right? Yeah. Something you could learn a lot from. I could, frankly. And haven't released any birds on the bloody checkout lately, have you, mate? <laughs> and there was like a, a like the guy who owned all, all the birds kind of thing. Uh, he showed me how to hold it and release it. And on the first one, it literally just like smacked into a tree and just stood there. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, uh, he goes, no, you got to throw it much higher, much higher. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. He got another bird. No, he, no, he didn't get... He, so he, did he you throw a bird in a tree? No. I, no. No. I threw it in the sky and it just like flew into a tree. It sounds a lot like you threw a bird in a tree. No, if I wanted to throw a bird in a tree, I would have said I threw a bird in a tree. <laughs> Anyway, this guy caught it. <laughs> he caught it um, and gave it to me again. And when I threw it, um, it just it flew away back home. Yeah, wow. Um, which was cool. Mm, yeah, um, that is very exciting. And and the the camera crew were like, can we get that one back? He's like, mate, it's, it's gone home. It's gone home. <laughs> it's on the way home. And they're like, oh, we weren't we weren't filming on that one. Yeah. So did the guy just have like a truck full of birds? So the, we, we built um, this aviary in the backyard of where we were filming, and there was literally like. 20 or 30 birds kind of thing. Yeah, wow. Um, which is really interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. We tried to get a falcon for a joke on the checkout recently. Um, and they cost $2,500 per hour. Is that Does that come with a falconer? Or is that just to rent a falcon? I, yeah, shop? I don't think they rock up by themselves well, no, you could with a, a little suitcase. Imagine the falcon. And like rider. an invoice. A wee little bird invoice. I don't think that's... Sorry, Steve, what were you saying? I said, imagine the Falcon's rider. Yeah, exactly. Mm, we want... Mice. Yeah, mice, <laughs> live mice running in and out of potholes. So we had to CGI the Falcon in the end. Oh, was that cheaper? Yeah, it was cheaper to buy a CGI Falcon <laughs> and then to comp it in. What do you mean? Where do you buy... Do you just Google CGI Falcon? You can buy like the composite parts for a Photoshop or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I, I'm only just discovering this now. It's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think the bit would have been stronger... Yes. If you had a real I've, Look, I haven't seen it yet. Right. I, we're, we're, we're filming it next week. Yeah. Um, and uh, the actor's just going to have a falcon glove with two like ping pong balls on it, I assume. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy Serkis is sitting on his wrist. <laughs> <laughs> he's remarkably cheap nowadays, Andy Serkis. Cheap and versatile. <laughs> you know who's doing it? It's friend of the podcast, David Cunningham. What do you mean? He's being the falconer. He, yeah, he's being the falconer. Is, is that... Uh, now, David Cunningham is... He's a very... Um, I would say dignified man. Mm. I'm not sure a falcon is it, isn't a falconer kind of like hello. I'm no, here to well, release birds at your face. It, well, that's one specific falconer that attacked you when you were a child. <laughs> um, oh no, a falcon is more like uh, that's from The Simpsons. That kind of like I don't think he's coming yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the vibe we're going for. I see. Steno, you got one? Yeah. Uh, this is alpha male mate wanted. Okay. Alpha male mate wanted. I'm an Aussie guy in my 30s and not confident wearing Speedos or anything like that as I have a pretty small cock. 
Looking for a confident alpha male who can show me how to wear speedos at the pool with confidence. I want to learn from a superior alpha male. Thanks. First of all, he says he's in his 30s. That's it's pretty late blooming to the party to realize yeah. like you're not confident in that way. Mm. Um, my best advice would just probably watch the most recent uh, Planet of the Apes and just kill the other alpha male yeah. uh, to take superiority. Yeah, yeah. kill oh, the other that... male, cut off his penis, <laughs> stuff, it stuff your speeders with his severed penis. <laughs> yeah. That could be what this is. Like Maybe like this guy's kind of seen Planet of the Apes or like you know read some Jane Goodall stuff and misunderstood and thinks if What's he kills it? an alpha male, he will become it. So you think this is like a single white female kind of like horror movie setup, right? Where yeah, I think like he's like, yeah, meet me at the dock so I can, oh, and teach me how to deal with my bad penis. And then <laughs> the, he'd be like, hey, I'm here. Where is everybody? And then like, yeah. gesmackety. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm the alpha male. I'm um, wondering why this person needs to wear Speedos. <laughs> like in this day and age... Isn't it kind of a bit odd to be wearing Speedos anyway? Yeah. Doesn't everyone just kind of wear board shorts? That's an interesting question because I went, I went through a stage where I was swimming a bit mm. at, the, at the pool near my place. And when you're swimming, like wearing boardies doesn't really make sense. No. So you do wear Speedos, but I felt like that was really weird and kind of I was the odd one out because everybody who was just at the pool to have a splishy splash, mm. I felt like, yeah, a bit gross. Yeah. That's what he said. He said specifically just at the pool. And yeah. also when you're swimming, like... If people are watching you, you can only see like the backside unless you're doing like a backstroke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's doing backstroke. <laughs> <laughs> well, just specify then, mate. Yeah. What life lessons is he going to get? <laughs> <laughs> like, sit down, young this is, man. This is like Let me the, tell you. the most unsatisfying like because character journey that you could imagine. Yeah, because what he actually wa- what he, what he doesn't specify, but what he actually wants is an alpha male with a small penis, right? Oh, do you think? If, it's an, if he gets an alpha male with a giant dong, he's going to come and be like, yeah, man, what I do is I just show off my giant <laughs> dong at the pool. Yeah. Yeah. What you got to do is step one, have a massive dick. <laughs> step one. Step two, put it in your bloody speedos. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. what you got to do, you know? You yeah. can't. Mm. Maybe he is. Or may, maybe he's looking for someone to teach him to believe in himself. Yeah. Yeah. But is it like a superior alpha male? Straight away, do you think like a, like a steroid buff kind of dude? Oh, in which case? In that case, they've got small cocks as well. Yeah, oh, they've got yeah. tiny, yeah, shrunken testicles. We, we all get in situations where, where we're more uncomfortable than the average person, I think. Mm. Um, I think mine, I was thinking about this the other day. I get extremely uncomfortable um, in lifts if I use up my small talk too quickly. Why are you talking to anyone in a lift? You, well, I feel like I need to. So do you just go like, hey, how are you, number one? Yeah. Then you Chewbacca impersonation yeah. too. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> Who's you, this? <laughs> yeah. You talk to, if you get in a lift with a stranger. I'll go, g'day. And then if they go, g'day, that's totally fine. But if they go, if they start the conversation, I like, I start sweating. Basically. Why are you talking to people in lifts? What do you mean? Because we're all like on this rock floating through space. And the only thing that means anything is human connection. What are you talking about? If you get in a lift with someone, just shut the fuck up and ride the lift. <laughs> head down. Just yeah, put your head down. Head, head down. down. Why are you talking to anyone? <laughs> Don't talk to people in lifts. I, do, you know, I go to lifts to escape human interaction. Because I'm like, I can just ride the lift for 20 minutes to get a break from talking to everybody. But see, I budget my small talk, right? When, when, when it's un- inescapable. In a lift, I'll budget my small talk to be like, I know exactly how fast this lift is. I can rattle off a little thing about it being windy today. They'll agree with me and we're out. And then some cunt gets in on the next level and all of a sudden we have to do it. Like, you know, the, the, the lift stops. You know that no one else does this, right? What do you mean? Like, how often are you in a lift and someone else strikes up small talk? Oh, every now and again. It's pretty rare, right? But so in terms you... of in work, or like a hotel scenario or in yeah, a work. Center? But like, I work in a big building with a lot of people, so like, I don't know these. These aren't. Yeah. So what I'm saying, you look. If you're going, if you're walking to a lift with someone and then you get in a lift with them and there's someone you know, then you have to chat with them in the lift unless there are other people around. Yeah, of course, because that's madness yeah, if you do that. If you, yeah. If you like, you, if you're talking to someone and the lift arrives and, and you, you get go, in the lift and, and I'm like, oh, so hing, you're like, the code of silence is on. I I refuse to converse while I'm moving on the x-axis. <laughs> the y-axis, mate. Um, fuck, it is! <laughs> but, if you don't know the person, just get in the lift and shut the fuck up. Like, you you gain... What I'm saying is... Because that's giving as much as taking, like, in terms of... They expect that. They're like, oh, this person getting in the lift, bit of peace and quiet, beautiful. Yeah, you're the one who's... You're, you are being hoisted by your own petard here, Ben. I'm being hoisted by the lift, mate. Because, <laughs> because no one... <laughs> no one is sitting there being like, oh, I hope he strikes up conversation. And if you don't, no one's being like, ah... Oh, how rude he didn't talk to me. I just feel like I need to address why I'm wearing Speedos. <laughs> <laughs> and I usually open with, so, this is my tiny penis. <laughs> You'll see it from the outline. Uh, are you an alpha male? Uh, <laughs> yeah. anyone? anyone? Just looking for some life lessons? Anybody? Anybody? I think that this, by the way, will end. 
with this person, if this person is genuine, mm-hmm. this is going to end with them being mercilessly bullied. Oh, so you think an alpha male didn't didn't become an alpha male by hope, helping out beta males like you? Yeah, oh, beta is lucky, mate. Like <laughs> gamma male. Yeah, I don't think he um, has thought this through. This is fucking like catnip. This is bully catnip. Because oh. not only are like, oh, could you please help me with speedos? You're also like, you're married, Kenny. No, but it's like you're doing all my work for me. Like, oh, do you think that? Oh, yeah, you're right. It's so obvious now. This is a guy who's playing into that. This is a guy who, like, wants to jerk it to being berated by another guy. Oh. And so he's trapping the bullies at their own game. Because the bullies can be like, ah, oh, you suck. You got a tiny coat. He's like, wank, 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 <laughs> Joke's on you. Wank, 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 Or he's a bait. He's a bait as well in terms of maybe he's trying to suss out the kids who tease him at school. And all the, that, yeah. that's... Yeah. The bullies at school, that's the only thing they're still going from. Like, they're a bit buff. Yeah. They hate their wife. They hate their kids. Yeah. They go, oh, yeah, I need, I'll, I'll help this guy out. And they get them. And he's just an awesome, massive dude with and a just, massive dong. <laughs> just leads these bullies to death with his dong. <laughs> <laughs> How ironic, sir. I'd love to be the coroner's to like. <laughs> hey, no. It's a sixth one this week. <laughs> hey, do you guys want this one? Sure. This is taken from Craigslist. And uh, I don't know where it's from. And Craigslist. I mean, I don't know where in the world it's okay. <laughs> And it is entitled, You Were Jerking Off <laughs> at the Open House. <laughs> it's a missed connection. You were the realtor <laughs> at an open house I attended on Sunday. You could not hide, but you were jerking off right before we came into the house. Your balls were showing through your pants, and there was no way that you were hiding it, dude. You had a strong handshake, but when you handed me the paper, your handshaking was so rattled because we were there. I think we were the only people at your open house the whole day. At any rate, I thought you were hot and couldn't take my eyes off your cock. So, if you're interested, I'd like to do a private showing with you and take care of business. For you, I'm totally on the DL. I have, I have your business card and can contact you by cell or email, but don't want to really involve your realty company. So hopefully you can respond to this ad. Get Why back- did you involve the realty company? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that a threat? Maybe that's a threat. Oh, maybe. It'd, it'd be a shame if your boss found out about this. Yeah. You better meet me in the alley. But do you know what? I, oh, sorry. Keep going. Oh, this is the last bit is get back to me by telling me which restaurant we were discussing. That is, you were jerking off at an open house. Can I just say that I don't think he was? <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of evidence there, There's is There's just it? not a lot of evidence at all. It just says your balls are showing through your jeans or whatever, and that's it. That doesn't that's mean... Not, maybe she's got a massive... Massive dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just wearing Speedos in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Like, th- to me, it sounds like this person has really lent into a quite a strange assumption they've made. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine being the realtor and having to send that email? I'm very sorry. Yeah, exactly. Because you want to sell the house, obviously. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe, maybe if you were like really down, like you were like kind of like a Gil Gunderson type who hadn't sold a house in ages, you were like, oh, come on, I need this sale. I need this sale. I've got to do it. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, you got me. Let's, let's go meet at this beautifully appointed um, (laughs) northern facing. But first, before we get down to the DL business. You want to just buy this house? Yeah, exactly. You want to just buy this house for several hundred thousand dollars? No, I find really sexy when you buy a house. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was a bit confusing when she's like, uh, you could not hide that you were jerking off before, right before we came in the house. Like, were they jerking off before they came in the house? Like, oh, you came in there first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is quite odd. It's also interesting that the realtor is a dude, I guess, and the person writes, it's man for man, so the Mm -hmm. the person writes is a man as well. He is kind of assuming that the realtor is gay, right? Yeah. But there's so. not a lot of evidence from what... Yeah, this isn't really an evidence-based person, I think. <laughs> I don't think that's like, really been a barrier for this person making all sorts of assumptions. Yeah, but I mean, just like, imagine if you were jerking off, but then you've got to send the email back being like, okay, look, you're correct. Well done, Sherlock. I was jerking off, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm only into ladies or whatever. I was jerking off thinking about ladies. Yeah, so joke's on you. Um, yeah, I just feel like this person is really like, it's like that scene in Duck Soup where like you start with a premise and then you like talk yourself into it and then it becomes fact. 
You have used that analogy on this podcast, I think, at least once before. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was it talking about somebody jerking off in an open house? Uh, it... I can't remember, but it's it, it's Scratcho pacing back and forth, right? And he's yeah. like, oh, how yeah. dare he? He's, yeah. like, he's like, oh, I'll extend my hand to friendship. But yeah. what if he doesn't take it? Yeah. That'd be an insult, a slight. And then, yeah, he gets really angry. And then when the guy comes in... He slaps him or something. He's like, it means war. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm also confused at uh, this statement when they say, so if you're interested, I'd like to do a private showing with you and take care of business. Is that like they want to... Go to a private showing of the house, then buy the house. Yeah, or? I mean that—that's yes. the bait. Like that's—that's that's what's being floated there. I think. Or is it yeah. like, oh, you—you've already jerked off before. Now I want to jerk you off. This is—that's an interesting thing. What's the—what's like the biggest gesture you've ever made to someone in order to try and impress someone who oh, you kind of before the game you're interested yeah. in, right? Because I think buying a house is—that's above like holding a boombox up over your head. Do you know what I mean? That's a yeah. pretty big gesture. That's a pretty yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever gone house buyingly. Like sometimes, of... I remember as a teen when I was like shopping for CDs, I would buy. I would sometimes buy CDs that I didn't really like, but I thought that like the girl working yeah. at the you know the HMV or whatever might think a mm. cool guy would like, mm. so I could try and impress her. It's not quite a house though, is it? No, it's not quite a house. Could, could have been a crowded house album though. <laughs> get the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> get them there. Zippity zip zap. Oh, I got another castle run. <laughs> Let's move on. Benjamin, you have one there? Uh, yes, this is another misconnection. Uh, this one's taken from Gumtree, though. It's from the Sydney area. And it's just baffling, frankly. <laughs> this is titled, Blue Shirt Watch. Okay. Blue Shirt Watch. We will be your friend. Find us, friend. We love you, Blue Shirt, blue shirt Watch, from Stein. Uh, Stein. Stein, the, 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 that pub in Manly. There's a pub oh, in Manly called Stein. Yeah. Stein. Right, okay. Sorry, you got kicked out. Before we could become besties. That's the whole ad from David posted today. Yeah, so I don't know. I think this is like a terrible nickname. Mm, yeah, and then, and, but what, is, what do they think is going to happen? He's going to be like, oh, that's me. Because if you were that drunk to be responding to people yelling at you, blue shirt watch, you're probably not like sober enough in the morning to remember that, right? Can yeah. you think of how baffled you'd be if someone was like, oi, blue shirt watch, nice blue shirt, good watch. Hey, what's the time, blue <gasps> shirt watch? You know what? I reckon these are two dudes or whatever who have drastically misread a situation. That there's probably a guy who was at the pub enjoying like an anniversary dinner with his wife or something or whatever. And these people keep yelling, Oi, Blue Shirt, watch! He's like, just ignore them. Don't go away. Oi, Blue Shirt, watch! And then he's like, all right, we're going, we're going. And they get up and they, oh, what'd you kick him out for? And posted this being like, oh man, we were best friends. <laughs> I know I've probably floated this on the podcast before, but also just, this is a very specific kind of gibberish that makes me think I've just activated somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've, we've read it out. To go like murder the governor general or something. Can you imagine if you were a spy? Have we gone down this road before? If you were a Possibly. spy and your orders were, all right, the way, we're, the way we're going to activate you is we are going to put a baffling gum tree ad out that these two idiots in Sydney you're going to read out. They're going to hopefully find it. So you need to subscribe to this. It's called Freddie We're Good Home. Look, it's going to be a lot of gargling at the start. You know, it's not going to make sense. But about 45 minutes push into the Push through the small cocks, a big dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, push through, push through. Yeah. Yeah. But and you've got to listen to are... every second until yeah. you hear the words blue shirt watch. And then we are go. We are go. <laughs> the mission is red. If I ran a spy, that is exactly what I do. That's the kind of petty shit. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, do we have time for one more? Yep. See, you got sure. one there? Yeah. Uh, let's finish with uh, London Fog Men's Fly Front Top Coat. It's $75 uh, yep. from Western Australia. Um, and they've written it uh, in a very posh uh, English London uh, way. A lot of spelling mistakes. You can do we'll it as Chewbacca or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it justice. Yeah. Uh, dear good gentle sirs of Perth. I offer you, I offer for you appraisal and potential purchase this overcoat, made of the finest wool, coming in a charcoal colour and being a size forty. This will surely be an excellent addition to your clothing collection. Mm. Bid for discussing trivialities of my little pony with other good sirs, or sampling what? this year's Jew vintage with a side of Doritos. This coat is the perfect fashion accessory to show the world your euphoria. What the fuck? <laughs> even even Milady, <laughs> even Milady will not be able to resist your charms and friend zone you again when dressed in such a fashionable item of clothing. What have you got to lose? Are you the most euphoric sir in all of Perthlandia? <laughs> now, what I don't understand about this, right, is clearly this is not how this person talks. Although I, it would be amazing if it was. Yeah. So you think this person has put on a character to write? 
to write this thing. But you know, like I'm selling a coat, 75 bucks, got to make it stand out. So I'll write it this way. Mm. What I don't understand is that it's also clearly mocking that kind of internet neck beard talking about Mountain Dew and My Little Pony and Doritos. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's a very specific, like, and Milady and Friend Zone and... I thought it was... Oh, all right. Okay. So... Well, this is my take. My take is that it's mocking that kind of person. But it, I think it thinks that that person will think they are more self-aware than they are. Yeah. And will be like, oh, yeah, I get it. We're making fun of it, but I'm going to buy yeah. it anyway. It's like that Jonathan Swift quote that, like, satire is a mirror wherein everybody beholds like everyone else but themselves. Right, okay. It's yeah. not it's not it's a bit more eloquent than that. I don't think there's a like in the middle of that. Jonathan Swift said that? Yeah. Like that? Yeah, yeah. he's going, oh it's like a mirror to shit what he said is satire is a shit mirror that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> now eat these babies. Um because like, yeah I think I think you're right. I think I think the kind of person who would want this and respond to this ad would actually be into all these things. But they'd be like, yeah, but I'm a good one of those. Like I'm one of the good bronies. So how do you think this guy came upon this London Fog top code. Some sort of shop, I'd imagine. Right. <laughs> what I'm saying is, why did he buy this if he is not a neckbeard himself? Well, I, I don't think there's anything inherently neckbeardy about the coat. So, when, so, so what I'm saying is, if he bought it and think it's... What I'm saying is, if he bought it and he thinks it's going to appeal to neckbeards... Sure. Then why did he buy it if he's not a neckbeard? Okay, l- let me let me bring. Do you in... think he bought it and everyone's like, "Oh, that is a real neckbeardy trench coat you're wearing," and he's uh, like, "Oh, I need to sell it." But it's not it. though. It's like literally a coat, and I think he probably just wrote, "Oh, I've got a coat. It's size forty charcoal." And then um, it didn't sell or whatever. It. Or someone's like, "You can't." That's not that's not how you advertise a coat. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Give it here. Like grab the laptop. Like, <laughs> London fog men's fly front top coat. And the guys well, are like, what the Doritos, fuck? Doritos, money, my money. <laughs> As our resident. Um, character expert, Stino. Yeah. Do you think this might be a character that he does for like his mates? Oh. Do you think this is his Dame Edna? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> and like you know, how Dame Edna went. Th- I think Dame Edna went through a period of like advertising stuff. I, think I thought Dame you were Ed- gonna say you, you know how that's how Dame Edna started. It was just Barry Humphreys making his mates laugh down at the pub. <laughs> that's how it all. That's how all great characters started. Do you know that fucking Dame Edna was in the First ever broadcast of anything in Australia. Do you mean of you mean on television? Yeah, not on radio. No, no, right. no, on television. What? The first ever broadcast. A man who is still alive and touring that character was on the first broadcast. So what? They were like, they were like, all right, we have this new technology. We're gonna yeah. Well, you know what? It's kind of like how the first ever YouTube video was just like a. Photo of an elephant, or whatever, just a video of an elephant. Was it not a photo? Yeah, it was just. It was just like <laughs> that. Would not be a good way to use it. <laughs> People will soon realise that you can pay, have many photos of elephants back to back in some sort of sequence to create the illusion of movement. And at that time, like thirty-four clicks, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, I think the first YouTube video ever was like the guys who work at YouTube or whatever. Yeah, right. The first YouTube guys yeah. who own it or whatever, they just went to the zoo and were like, "Oh, we're filming an elephant." Right, because what <laughs> this I'm, is what this will be for. What, what I'm saying is, when when a new technology comes along, you don't. The think, first thing they do is film a Dame Edna. You don't. You don't think that it's gonna be. You just think, ah, oh, well, we'll just we'll just put on whatever. Yeah, but they fucking nailed it because they were still putting Barry Humphreys on television oh. sixty years later. But surely then that is that was probably a selling point for Dame Edna for like fifty years, right? The very first thing on Australian television, now live in your living room. You know, Do you what know I, mean? I reckon even back in, like, I would have been 53 or 4, whatever it was. Mm. I reckon even back then, people would have been like, this feels dated. <laughs> <laughs> like, because whenever I see Barry Humphreys, I'm always like, I'm sure there was a time when this was amazing. But for me, I just, I don't, but I reckon that might have been always the case. <laughs> did, um, did I read something before about uh, Barry Humphreys no. doing something fucked <laughs> recently? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. what, what did he try to do? Stino? I think he, I think he tried to ban swearing in the Adelaide Fringe Festival last year or this year. I think. What yeah. is it? Like so so this is a this is a, the biggest fringe festival in Australia, and he's come out and gone like ah, oh, but no no bad language, thanks. Yeah, he's a he's a, like one of the things. Uh, sorry, this is this is this is probably defamatory, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I've started to think about recently is that because of how things work with media personalities now. Um, and because we have the internet and because we are like news cycling, there's so much content, it's no longer possible to kind of go quietly mad. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like well, when people do decline and they do like mm. people just like, it's, it's extremely rare to live your entire life 
without going mad. Yeah. Like people in the last couple of years of their life or even more, even earlier than that, mm. it doesn't even need to be dementia or Alzheimer's. You just start losing the fucking plot because you've been on the planet for much longer than we were intended to be on the planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? You meant to be dead by 25 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And everything goes, and after a while your brain's just like, what the fuck? Why am I still doing this? Yeah. And you go nuts. But that was always kind of done not publicly. Right. And now like, I'm not saying that everybody's is mad. I'm just saying that like, Time it was when people wouldn't give him a platform. Yeah, this is the, the the prime example of this. I think is probably Donald Trump, right? Yeah. So like Donald Trump exists in a life, and he has his fortune. He builds his empire of commercial business, and yeah. then he gets to whatever age he is now, and people decide, oh, we'll put that crazy guy on a television show. Yeah. And twenty four seven, he's got cameras on him. You know, he can just say whatever he wants, and immediately gets picked up in coverage, and that leads to more advertising and more money and yeah. stuff. And so he's being like purposefully fed, like, the feedback loop of just going crazier and crazier and crazier. Do you know what? That's a really good point. I just realized if if Howard Hughes were alive now, he'd have a show where he'd just like, the Howard Hughes pissing in jars hour. I don't know, but he would. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd watch it. Yeah. Um, but I think with the Donald Trump thing as well, in terms of, like, the TV, he can be as crazy as they want and the networks are like, oh, cut that down, cut that down. Yeah. And with his Twitter account, like, he can't cut that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's out there forever. Which, I love which, I love Trump's Twitter meltdowns. Oh, I love Trump and Murdoch's tri- Twitter meltdowns. And not just because I love them both so much as crazy old men, but because I know that both of them would have one person whose job it is to stop that from happening. And whenever I see a Twitter meltdown like that, I love imagining what that person's doing. Like I yeah. like they're trying to get into the office or something. Or <laughs> like, like banging on the bathroom door. Like when, when Rupert goes on like a, a screed about like Islam or whatever, I'm just imagining somebody trying to like get his phone off him without like breaking one of the most powerful men on Earth's wrist. Like, <laughs> I can try and do the calculation of like, can I, if I hurt him, will that be worse than letting him do this because he'll be angry that I let him do it? And like, yeah, so it's that, it's that kind of thing. Like, don't let me eat any cookies. <laughs> Take no, the cookie jar away from me. No matter, how, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, I will pay you $80,000 a year and your one job is <laughs> don't let me eat any cookies. And then 30 seconds later, give me the fucking cookie. <laughs> I own you. <laughs> I'll fire you. I'll send you back to wherever you came from, you little sniveling little rodent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thank yes. you so much, Stino, for coming. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's great. it's great that we finally got you on the podcast. Yeah, let's do a round of plugs, shall we? Stino, what do you got coming up? Uh, there's a Bear Pack show. I do an improvised comedy show called The Bear Pack uh, Wednesdays, 8 o'clock at the Giant Dwarf Theatre this Wednesday. In and, Sydney, Australia? Uh, in Sydney, Australia. And if you're listening in the, in the UK, uh, or if you've got friends in London, that I'm doing shows there at the Soho Theatre, July 1st to 11th. Cool. Is, is, is this character assassin that you're yeah, touring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your Barry Award uh, nominated show that uh, Ben and I have both seen. It's very, very good. It's great. And stuff. Bear Pack will be excellent. I'll be there. I'll be there watching. Mm. So if that's that's a sweetener. Uh, what do you got coming up? If it was. What do you got coming up, Ben? Um, we if On the day that this comes out on Monday, we've got a really special story club. You'll have heard um, me talk about it before in the podcast. This is a really special one, one I'm really excited about because um, it's... The last one ever. Ever. Before we <laughs> burn it to the ground. It's, um, it's not, it's not the last one ever. Friend of the podcast and co-creator of Story Club, Zoe Norton Lodge's book launch. It's the very first book that she's written. Hey. And it's really exciting. It's going to be great. We've also got David Cunningham um, doing stuff. Uh, Rob Carlton. Um, oh, David Quirk. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Effie. What? Yep. Effie. As in Mary Christus, Effie. And is she going to do it as... I don't know if she's going to do it as Effie. Right. I don't know. But she's launching Zoe's book. It's extremely exciting. Can you ask her to do it as Effie? <laughs> yeah. Wait. Also, like, I'm, I've, I've written this really heartfelt thing about my family. It's like, yeah, great. Could you do that? That'd <laughs> be so wonderful if she does um, Story Club as herself, as Mary Custis, and then launches, launches Zoe's book in character. <laughs> yeah. So um, that'll be great. And it's on, the, on a, again, predictably, The Giant Dwarf um, in Sydney on Cleveland Street. Ticks are like 20 bucks or 40 bucks and you get a copy of the book. Wonderful. And it's great fun. Um, yeah. And I, all the only thing I have to plug is, I don't know how to rig these votes, but if you could all get on board and make me yeah, a clear bachelor of the year, please. We know that, that should be a, a, a mission for everyone. We would definitely team. have uh, updates on this as it goes on. Yeah, I don't, know how to, I don't know how it works. I don't know what the voting process is. I don't know if there's like a presidential system like in the States or whatever. I don't know if it's like a... Yeah. But have you confirmed are you, are you, I'm interested? Are you, are you asking if there's primaries? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Because they just said, we're going to put you on the shortlist for it. Okay. I don't know if that's the same as being nominated. So maybe I've jumped the gun. Maybe I'm not even nominated yet. Okay. But who knows? Who knows? But yeah, Steen's right. Like, have you sent back saying... I Yeah, I sent them back a thing being like, this is very funny. <laughs> and then I was like, sure, I can't stop you. And then, uh, yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah. 
So I think it's. I, I mean, I think I think wheels are in motion. Okay. So cool. may, maybe if you guys just want to send just a lot of water cooler chat to um what, to five hundred t-shirts saying vote one here. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can raise that. Hello, guy. Um, and thank you all, um, uh, everybody who's been rating, reviewing the podcast on iTunes. It really helps other people find us. Yeah. If, you could... if you've got other stuff. Oh, we didn't do Yik Yak, Yik Yak chat this week, but if you've got, if you're finding some good Yik Yaks, yep. uh, send them through to our Twitter. That is at FTAGHpod. You can find us on Facebook at Free yep. to a Good Home Podcast. And also our email address is contact at Free to a Good Home Podcast. And thank you for everyone who's been sending stuff in. If we didn't get to it this week, we will get to it next week. Um, and yeah, keep those rating reviews coming. Uh, if you've listened to the show and haven't done it, then do it now. Get on board. Oh, also, hello to all our new listeners. We had a huge bump in listeners last week. Yeah. I don't know where they're from. All right, that's it. Thanks very much. Bye! Bye. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have half a Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.